State Sycamores are tournament champions. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference. Two weeks plus from the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball tournament. You all know it as Arch Madness, and things are getting a little interesting as we head down the stretch of conference play. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. My name is Derek Dockett with you here on the Inside the Valley podcast. And in this week's edition, we'll give you the latest in both Valley men's and women's basketball, uh, take a look at the opening weekend of softball, and we've got a preview of the upcoming baseball season, which begins at the end of the week. We'll have the NBC report from our friend Tom Ackerman with X Radio in St. Louis to recap Saturday's men's basketball action, including UNI's big win at Wichita State. you also hear from Kendall Rogers of D1Baseball.com to preview the 2016 season of baseball in the Valley. And finally, Dave Collins, the head coach of the Missouri State Swimming and Diving Program, joins as we prepare for this week's MVC Swimming and Diving Championship, which will get underway Wednesday in Carbondale. But first, right now... Let's jump into the rewind. Softball season is officially upon us with Valley teams taking part in early season tournaments to begin the season. Evansville jumped out with a 4-1 record with two wins over Eastern Michigan and two wins over Alabama State. Missouri State and Southern Illinois both came away with three wins to start the weekend as well. Some individuals off to a solid start include Jordan Delos Reyes of Illinois State, Mary Stevens of Missouri State both hitting two home runs this weekend. Had some fantastic games in the women's basketball schedule. Uh, You can start right in Springfield with Missouri State. The Lady Bears won both games on their home court this weekend, beating Loyola 91-81 in overtime on Friday and Bradley 59-56 on Sunday. Tiana Snow was outstanding, scoring 41 points on Friday and 22 on Sunday. Indiana State split a pair of games on the weekend, falling to UNI 61-45, but they managed to knock off Drake at home on Sunday 68-53. The standings are a little tight now with Drake, Missouri State, and UNI, followed by Loyola, Southern Illinois, and Indiana State. Um, Still a lot to figure out as we progress through the second half of the conference schedule and head to the conference tournament in the Quad Cities. To get into some men's basketball, let's go to Tom Ackerman of Camwex Radio in St. Louis after this word about Arch Madness. The madness starts at the Arch as the State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Championship hits the hardwood at Scott Trade Center March 3rd through 6th in St. Louis. Don't miss any action as 10 Missouri Valley teams battle for an automatic NCAA berth. Arch Madness, presented by Fox Sports Midwest and Aetna. For tickets, call 800-745-3000. That's 800-745-3000 or visit archmadness.com. Back on the Valley Report, I'm Tom Ackerman. Wichita State, a 43-game home winning streak, hosting Northern Iowa yesterday on ESPN2. Rojas, yes. He's been about the only offensive source in the second half for them. 
He came off the bench in the first half and contributed along with Carlson. That's been a big game story. Wyatt Lowhouse, number 33 in purple. Northern Iowa regains the upper hand by four inside. Brady goes to work. Too strong. Boy, Carlson does a lot of little things well. What a block off. A lot of one and dones on both ends of the floor, but Northern Iowa has zero offensive rebounds, and they still lead by two buckets. Which we talked about how these two teams are so good defensively. We felt like first team to 60 wins. Oh, and a dagger of a three by Matt Bohannon off the catch. He hit a big shot to knock off number one North Carolina. That shot was reminiscent of that shot, and the reaction as well. A 7-0 spurt by the Panthers. And that was enough to keep Northern Iowa ahead for good. The Panthers win it at Wichita State, 53-50. Mark Adams and Rich Hollenberg with the call on ESPN2. All right, thank you. Joined by victorious head coach Ben Jacobson. Northern Iowa has made a habit of knocking off top 25 teams. This is the third time in the season you've done it. All the more important because it comes on the road against Wichita State, first in the league in the Missouri Valley Conference. What was the key to this game tonight overall for the Panthers to pull off this upset? You know, we got them off balance just a little bit uh, defensively. We haven't played a lot of that three-quarter court press. We haven't played a lot of zone, uh, and that slowed the game down enough the last maybe six, eight minutes of the first half. And, uh, and we had some good offensive plays, so we had a lead at halftime, which I you think know, any time you're on the road, but for sure in here, you know, the longer you can go uh, with the crowd a little bit quiet, you know, it, uh, it certainly helped our team. And then obviously we had to respond. You know, our guys responded late. You led by 11 at the half, but of course, as almost every game is with, against the Shockers, it got close late. 2.5 left. They had an open look. What were you telling you guys coming out of that timeout with 2.5 left? Yeah, we weren't going to foul uh, with 2.5. Had there been six or seven seconds and they got it in and dribbled around, maybe. But with 2.5, I didn't want to catch and shoot where we put them on the line for three. We were switching all the screens, and I'm going to have to look at it. Uh, you know, and see where we missed our switch, but obviously we didn't want to leave Fran Camp open in, in the corner. So we were going to defend the ball side corner with our inbounder, which we did, uh, but then we missed on a switch, and Fran Camp had a, had a chance. I'll be honest with you, Ben. During the game, we were complimenting Wichita State on how much depth they have. Everybody knows that. Your bench really showed up. Wyatt Lowhouse and Clint Carlson oh, specifically played huge today. Yeah, they were great, and, you know, I... Both those guys, Clint's played pretty good now for a stretch, uh, and he was he was big the entire game. The, the last five minutes, that first half, we really needed his offense. Wyatt uh, hasn't played maybe as many minutes this year as uh, as what all of us thought he was going to, and he comes in here today and, and plays great, which tells me that I'm I need to put him on the floor some more is what it, what it tells me. But he he was terrific today. Well, you had a tough stretch earlier on in the season, but now you've won six straight. You might have heard Andy Katz in the studio saying he thinks the Arch Madness tournament is going to be wide open. How do you feel about your team's postseason chances as of right now? Well, we're uh, you know, I think more importantly than that, we're we're playing our best basketball. You know, we're we're playing really good again we had that stretch about two weeks where we lost a little confidence we had a couple of guys you know nicked up and the, our practices continued to be good enough that we could still hang in there and, and once we got going again here you know at bradley you know the guys have just done a terrific job you know they, they fought hard to get back into the win column and now they seem to be building and playing their best basketball ben jacobson what a coach what a performance as northern iowa beats wichita state on the road 53 to 50 southern illinois a win over drake 75 60 and missouri state upended indiana state in overtime 89 85 thanks for joining us on the valley report on kmox Sunday's schedule had two games. Illinois State picked up the 75-60 win over Bradley and over on ESPNU. Loyola trailed Evansville by as many as 19 points, but came back at home and led the Aces 73-72 with 31 seconds left in the ballgame. 
DJ Ballantyne would eventually knock down a jumper with 18 seconds remaining to put Evansville back in front by one. Loyola had the chance for the win, but Milton Doyle's jumper came up just short with time expiring as the Aces held on for the 74-73 win in Chicago. So your men's basketball standings look like this. Wichita State 12-2, followed by Illinois State at 10-4. SIU and Evansville both 9-5 in conference play. And by the way, both those teams now have 20 wins on the season. Uh, both SIU and Evansville now 20-7 overall. Uh, Northern Iowa is now 8-6, followed by Indiana State and Missouri State both at 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, Loyola is 5-9, and, and they're followed by Bradley and Drake. Up next here on Inside the Valley, the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Swimming and Diving Championship begins Wednesday in Carbondale. you hear from the Missouri State Swimming and Diving Head Coach Dave Collins. And then we'll be joined by Kendall Rogers of D1Baseball.com to get his perspective on the NBC. All that coming up here on Inside the Valley. fans. Missouri Valley Conference women's basketball is coming to the Quad Cities. Don't miss the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball Championship March 10th through 13th at the iWireless Center in the Quad Cities. Presented by Aetna. Single game tickets start at $10. Visit MVCQuadCities.com for more information. That's MVCQuadCities.com. The 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Swimming and Diving Championship is coming up, and the Missouri State Bears have been dominant, winning 12 of the last 13 NBC championships dating back to 2003. Uh, right now, I'm pleased to be joined by the man that's led the program since he was named interim coach in 2012, head coach Dave Collins of Missouri State. Coach, how's it going today? Good, Derek. We're good, man. Things are good. I guess to start off... Uh, when I uh, read off that you guys have won all those championships, what's the first thing that sort of comes to your mind and reflecting on the success that you guys have had at the conference level? Well, Derek, it's it, two things probably. Uh, you know, one is is it it is an incredible tradition, and we've been fortunate that that has spanned over multiple coaching staffs. Um, you know, we've had multiple athletes that have been all a part of that, and and so. Uh, the tradition of excellence is is something that we do take a lot of pride in. That being said, um, it's a challenge when you're at the top. It's it's it does propose some some challenges, and and we have to talk to our athletes about uh, not letting last year's success or previous year's success um, change the outcome or or what we do this year. And and so um, we do take pride in the success and the tradition. Um, but we also want to treat each year individually because last year's success was uh, a different team. That was a, a different set of athletes. Many are the same, but um, we did things a little bit differently last year. We've, you know, we, we always try to make changes that we feel will be positive. So um, we treat it year to year as well. All right. Let's talk about some of this year's uh, student athletes on your team uh, heading into the, the 2016 championship. Who are some of those individuals that you think could make an impact for uh, Missouri State at this year's conference meet? Well, you know, I, honestly, um, and, and this is not to downplay the importance of your top-end athletes. Uh, every team has got to have um, top-end athletes produce, and you've got to have some kids win events. You've got to have some events 
you know, that, that you that you score really well in and some athletes that are in the 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 50 to 55 point to up, upwards to maybe 60 individual points, which is the max. That's important. But I think these meets are one in the trenches, more to say, uh, in the the athletes that are maybe on the psych sheet that came out just the other day. Maybe they're projected to score 10, 15, 20 points. And those athletes score 35, 40 points. That's where the meet, in my opinion, uh, is won. And this year, I think it's going to be closer than it ever has been. And and so to, to name the athletes that I feel are important, you know, of, of course, we've got top end athletes like Dora Kiss, Lauren Pavel, who was swimmer of the year. Uh, we've got a freshman in Josie Pearson who's doing really well. Um, we've got some other upperclassmen that I, I feel are in good position. But boy, we've got some some very, very important depth athletes that as you look at the psych sheet, may not on paper project to score a lot of points that we've got to have big, big week out of them coming up. What's sort of the outlook when you guys prepare going into the meet with the other teams in the league? I know sometimes there might be the individual uh, duels and things like that. Uh, but when you get the chance to, to come together as a conference and you go up against Southern Illinois, Illinois State, Northern Iowa, and everyone else, uh, the mindset, how you prepare your team and getting ready for the conference championship. You know, our sport is funny. Uh, for somebody who doesn't really follow swimming year-round, um, your dual meet results and, and really what you do uh, prior to this week really don't have a whole, hold a lot of weight going into this week. You know, we, um, we put a lot of faith, faith in what we do in our training. Um, dual meets, you're going to have some kids that are going to put, put up some good results, but you're going to have kids that maybe don't show up much until the end. Um, and that's you know, by design, the way we train and prepare, um, it does help to swim dual meets against the conference teams. So you can kind of just see where you're at in season. Um, but results from a dual meet in October um, are not going to be too indicative of what happens in, in middle February. Uh, teams change. Training's different. Uh, preparation is different. So um, it, it's good in a way, but we're so much different than other sports where that in-season record matters. Uh, you know, I... I would venture to say I wouldn't even know what our, our dual meet record for this year is. I couldn't tell you, uh, you know, so because it doesn't matter, um, you know, our we do want to do well. We want to swim tough in dual meets, but it all boils down to what takes place at the conference meet. Now, I'll be honest, when I first got to the Valley, I had no idea. I've never been to a, a collegiate swim meet. So I started going to the championship and we started producing uh, the, uh, the stream for uh, YouTube like we'll do this year. Uh, but I was sort of taken back by how exciting it gets, especially when you get to the finals. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you talk about, um, you know, eight of the top in, in the championship final. They march out. The music's going. Um, you know, you, you're always going to have kids that are going to surprise you. It's not always going to be the top seed going into the meet that's going to win the races. And, you know, so it is. It's a fun atmosphere. And, and um, again, I, I think what's going to be really interesting for uh, somebody that follows this meet this year in my opinion, um, and I've been at this meet since 2008, I feel like this is going to be a real tight meet in, in a couple different sections. I think you're going to have, um, you know, a couple teams that are fighting for the one-two spot on paper based on the psych sheet. Then I think you're going to have a really tight battle for probably the three-four spot. And then another tight battle for the five, six. And so, you know, I think that this might be, in my opinion, the first year we've come in where there's a lot that's going to be up for grabs in all the places. All right. It should be fun. Just will remind folks that 
We will be streaming the event again this year, which will be exciting. Uh, Southern Illinois uh, video crew, which does a fantastic job of providing a, a free video stream on the Valley's YouTube channel. So we'll uh, be promoting that on, on our social media channels. And uh, we'll look forward to having some fun at the pool in Carbondale, Coach. Great, Derek. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Appreciate it. The NCAA Men's Basketball Championship first and second rounds, March 18th and 20th at Scott Trade Center in St. Louis. Single session tickets are on sale now. Visit NCAA.com slash MBB tickets today. Welcome back here inside the Valley podcast. Derek Dockett here, NBCSports.com and the Missouri Valley Conference on SoundCloud. Thanks for uh, checking out this week's episode. And right now, I'm uh, going to talk a little college baseball as our season is uh, right around the corner for getting started. And I'm pleased to be joined by Kendall Rogers, national writer and editor for D1Baseball.com. Kendall, how's it going today? It's going good, guys. Uh, i tell you what, it's, it's been a crazy last few weeks with, with season preview content. and uh, About equally as crazy has been the weather. It feels like it's been... <laughs> Uh, it feels like it's been warmer than usual one day, then the next day it gets cold, the next day it gets warm, the next day it gets cold. But we can all agree that uh, come next Friday, uh, it will probably be very cold everywhere and probably snowy. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Mother Nature uh, has given us some false hope here. Yeah, it, it's always interesting a, a game to play here in, our, in the Valley in our league states with the weather. It could be cold and snowy in February, but a lot of our teams tend to go sure. down south to get the season started. But uh, yeah. it, with with this winter, we've had some mild temperatures here in St. Louis, and it's been cold. And mild. You, you nailed it right there. But even right now in the thick of winter, we're we're knee deep in basketball. But our preseason poll was released back last on uh, Wednesday, February third. Yeah. Uh, our coaches voted in that, and one, two, three, they picked Missouri State, Dallas Baptist, Wichita State. Uh, before we discuss 2016, let's go back to last year. Uh, the Valley had three teams reach the NCAAs uh, with yep. Missouri State, Dallas Baptist, and Bradley. Two of those teams, the Bears and the Patriots, hosting regionals, which was awesome. Um, what's your take on how 2015 went for not only those teams, but our, our league as a whole? Uh, I think it was huge. Uh, I think we look at the Missouri Valley overall, this is a league that certainly a lot of people have a lot of respect for. Uh, historically, it's a very solid baseball league, and I think when you look at the, the league getting uh, several bids of the postseason last year, it increased its profile. I think a lot of people out there, uh, yeah, the season went along, uh, you know, kind of thought, okay, you know, so, you know, why why do these teams have really good RPIs? And, you know, people can make the argument all day long that, well, they, they manipulate the schedule with the non-conference, you know, the non-conference schedules. That, that, that can be somebody's opinion. But I think this league as a whole, I think the teams in this league were solid. Uh, I think as, as the season went on, even even a, a team like Bradley, a lot of people kind of criticize and say, well, they're not as good as RPI. You know, it's not like they didn't perform well in the postseason. They were in a tough regional. They, I, I thought they performed admirably. But you're right. I think getting the two host sites, uh, getting a team as a national seed, it, it really was a what I feel like was a season that could not have gone much better other than getting Missouri State to Omaha or Dallas Baptist as well to Omaha. But, you know, you, you talk about what those teams did during the season. Although some of the off-season moves were equally important. I think when you look at uh, Dallas Baptist, for instance, uh, keeping Dan Heathner in the program, you know, Baylor made a, a, a ferocious run at him. You know, Dan looked at his ballpark, looked at what he had in terms of commitment at Dallas Baptist. And, you know, there's probably some other factors, but I know a strong factor was the fact that, you know, Dan felt comfortable at Dallas Baptist and felt like this was a program that, you know what, yeah, we hosted a regional, 
but I can do a lot more here. And I think when you when you're in a league like the Missouri Valley, just the optics of that kind of decision really looks good for the league. So I, I think it was a banner 2015 for the league, and I think this this coming year uh, it has a chance to be equally as good uh, overall. Now let's jump into this year then. As I said, the one two three pick was uh, the, the Bears Patriots and Wichita State. Wichita State's always been one of our powers. Uh, third season. Sure. Uh, for the coach there, Todd Butler. Uh, what do you think? Is there uh, those three teams, will that whole fit there? I know you guys have, in your preview uh, have sort of a similar outlook on your website as well. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think it's – I really think, you know, Derek, I really think you could put these three teams together and just kind of have that, that hat out with the three names in there, draw them out, and I think anybody would be equally uh, is likely to get those teams actually finished in that order. I think if you look at those three teams overall – uh, to me, they are the no doubt three teams to watch in terms of not only this league championship, uh, but also getting the postseason. Uh, let's start with Wichita State, though. I think this is a Wichita State team, and, and I don't think anybody in that league would be surprised here. But Todd Butler, a guy that's an excellent recruiter at Arkansas, has certainly brought some quality talent uh, there at Wichita State. And I, I tell you what, I really like this team from just a sheer pitching standpoint. I think you look at uh, Sam Twos on the on the on Fridays, uh, you know, a big six five guy get up to the mid nineties. Uh, really solid off-speed stuff. His, his you know, slider in the fall was, was outstanding in the mid-'80s. Uh, Willie Schwenke is another guy that's a counter prospect, another guy that can get in the mid-'90s in fastball, but also has multiple pitches he can throw for strikes. And uh, another uh, guy like Chase Williams and uh, John Hayes on the back end, another power arm. So, you know, in addition to some of these guys that have got coming back uh, offensively, uh, this is a very solid uh, pitching staff for Wichita State. And, uh, kind of, you know, honestly, I'm not going to say – it, it, it's the same as what Missouri State had last year in the rotation because that was such a good rotation. But I think when you look at the, the, the sheer talent in this week rotation, I think it's somewhat comparable. I don't, I don't think it's the same, but I think in terms of the sheer raw talent, it is somewhat comparable. And if, and if that kind of pans out, the Wichita State has a, has a real chance, in my opinion, uh, to make a uh, Missouri State-ish type of run and if all things go well, they can stay healthy. All right. Any team that you think could be what Bradley was last year that sort of was a surprise that came out of nowhere and was a contender in our conference and the Braves reached the uh, our conference tournament finals and fell to Missouri State in the championship game, uh, could it be the Braves again this year? Is there another team you think could be the surprise? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it would be. I, I think you look overall, I think Bradley's still a team that has a chance to be pretty solid. I think you look through, you know, you look at the return of, uh, you know, Matt Dennis, uh, you look at the, a guy that's going to move from the closer role to the Friday role. You look at Cameron Rodner, a guy that certainly is a quality arm. Brent Stone. These are all guys with a lot of experience. I, I'll tell you what. I will give you a pick to click uh, right now for Bradley. Tyler Leffler is a guy that I was able to see at the Northwoods League last summer, uh, or this past summer, excuse me. Uh, a guy that really struggled last year. Look at his numbers last year. Like, wait, he's picking this guy's his pick to click, but uh, he, you know, he's a tall, rangy guy, uh, infielder who uh, really just clicked with the bat over the summer. The scouts are really talking about him as, as a guy to watch this spring. So Tyler Leffler, for me, would be a name to watch for them. And I think for Bradley, too, Spitzer Gaz, a guy that uh, clearly uh, is an elite hitter in that league. And, uh, again, I think I think this league, that, that team overall has the makings of a team that can make the postseason. The problem you have is I don't think the league's going to get more than three bids in the postseason. And it's going to be tough for, you know, to, for me to see Bradley finishing maybe ahead of Wichita State, Missouri State, or DBU. Uh, I will say I think Illinois State's a team that certainly has a chance. I know Jacob Hendren, the, the town of Lefty, is a guy that can beat anybody on any given day. Uh, the big key uh, moving forward, uh, you know, guys like Steve Hellenbach and uh, Jeffrey Barton to be very consistent, both those guys. 
you know, we're good at times last year, but weren't great. Uh, that's going to be a big key for them. So I would say those are kind of the five teams from my perspective uh, that I think could be in the mix. But I think Bradley, certainly, uh, you mentioned those guys from last year. I think they could definitely be in the mix of the postseason spot. But, again, uh, it's going to be tough uh, to get ahead of those three teams and uh, ahead of them in the pecking order at this point. You mentioned some individuals there from Bradley. Uh, the uh, All-American teams from the NCBWA were released uh, as well. Uh, four guys from the Valley represented there with uh, Brian Young and Jake Berger of Missouri State, uh, Justin Wall of DBU, and Jacob Hendren of Illinois State. Uh, those guys obviously were, were all-conference performers sure. last year. Uh, individually, what do you see in those guys and, and anybody else you think uh, around our league that could uh, pop up and, and make, make a run at some national attention on the scene? Oh boy! I tell you what, uh, yeah, I'm just going to talk about these guys because I think they've got several several players that can be can be in this discussion. But I think you look at Dallas Baptist, and I think you go up and down their lineup, and it's, it's just a bunch of guys that to me have a chance to be uh, all American type of uh, contributors by the end of the season. You look at you know DB, you look at the return of Daniel Sweet, a guy that I feel like is going to have a really solid year for them. David Martinelli, an elite athletic guy who uh, you know didn't have a great uh, batting average last year, but uh, you know, was a guy who was a lot of power, uh, could hit in the gaps. Uh, you talk about Justin Wall. Uh, he's clearly a, a solid uh, prospect. And then Kim Duznak and Austin Listy are both guys to watch. Kim Duznak being a, what I would call, one of those jitterbuggy, spark plug players. Uh, he's just a dirtbag. He's, he's, you know, um, he's, he's putting everything on the line. Every time he steps out there, he's a fun player to watch. I think he's, he's a guy that's going to be more consistent. We've got a little bit more pop in that, that smaller frame than you would think. And, of course, Austin Listy, uh, a guy that has quite an interesting story. He was uh, trying to become a Navy SEAL. He's back at Dallas Baptist, and uh, he's another prospect. He's got uh, big-time power, hit nine home runs his freshman year, uh, ten home runs his sophomore year. And Austin Listy, is, to me, is a guy to really watch. I think Austin's going to have a big year for uh, the Patriots. But, to me, if it's not the guys you just mentioned, uh, I think you look at up and down that lineup for DBU, and that's the guys I'm keeping an eye on. How many games a year do you watch? Oh boy! Well, I'm on the road all three the the first three weekends of the season, and then thankfully I live in in Houston, Texas. So I have access to so many different conferences, sure. so many different games. Boy, I'd probably say sixty, seventy, probably for the whole year. So I see a lot of baseball, but we're we're fortunate enough to where you know Aaron Fitz part of our staff, and we have some regional writers mm-hmm. that yeah. go off and see a lot of games too. So I would say as a staff, we probably see. Uh, well over two or 300 games a year. Well, you guys do a fantastic job on your website. If you can, uh, go ahead and give that a plug and let folks know how they can uh, sort of keep up with you on online. Yeah, just D1Baseball.com. You can find us on Twitter at D1Baseball. For me, I'm at Kendall Rogers uh, D1. So uh, it should be a fun season, Derek. I think you look overall, uh, clearly 2015 was a big year for the Valley. Uh, I think it's going to be another uh, exciting year. It's funny, we were putting together the, the field of 64 the other day, and we only had two two you know, Valley teams in, but we had three Valley teams legitimately in the discussion. I think the only reason we only had two in is because we kind of thought maybe a couple of these other conferences might get a couple of bids. And so, uh, you know, I think, the, I think the league has a chance to get through, and who knows, if you get the perfect storm uh, across the country, you could see this league perhaps even get forward to be pretty incredible. And uh, uh, But overall, the, the profile of this league does continue to improve, so it's, it's good to talk uh, some Valley baseball. Yeah, we like proving people wrong in this league and getting attention. That's some, uh, that's a valley thing across all sports. Absolutely. So. All right, so I really appreciate well, your time. Thanks so much, man. We'll uh, we'll have to catch up again soon. Absolutely, Derek. Y'all have a good one, buddy. All right, thanks so much.